Hello, welcome back to the Shaping Little Minds podcast. I am so excited to have you here. I took a very unexpected hiatus from the podcast. I ended up with COVID, so I was out for the count for about a week and then readjusting to the busyness of life the following week. But here we are, and I have someone super special on the podcast today. But before we dive into that, I have two really exciting things going on in my world that I wanted to share with you. Number one, I have a free resource for any new and struggling teachers, and honestly, any teachers in general, if you're listening to this, that are looking to go from surviving to thriving. This guide is probably one of the most comprehensive guides I have created in a really long time. It's a, it's 12 pages of pure gold. So here's what you'll get inside of the guide. Four myths about being a good teacher, and we will um, really break down those myths. Setting up rules, routines, and expectations in the classroom, and behavior management hacks. So I compiled the things that teachers were really struggling with most in order to create this comprehensive guide and in order to get you from surviving to thriving. I truly believe that all teachers can thrive this year. So if you want to start thriving, this is your chance to grab a copy of this guide with the link in the description below. Second thing, I have some really exciting bonuses to go along with one-on-one coaching, but only if you apply before October 1st. That means you have five days to grab these bonuses. If you're new here, one-on-one coaching will help you to know how to navigate a classroom full of students, feel more confident in your teaching abilities, and live the life you never thought possible as a full-time teacher. No more late nights, no more questioning your abilities. It all stops now. And in all honesty, so much can change in a short amount of time, especially when you have the right support and mentorship. So this is what you get when you sign up for one-on-one coaching. One-on-one calls with me that will take place on Zoom for 60 60 minutes. They are individualized to your needs and they are weekly calls, so you have a total of 12 of those. And you'll have access to all of those calls afterwards and for a lifetime. You have access to a coaching portal that has a built-in curriculum made specifically for this program. I took the topics that I saw teachers were struggling with and put this put it into my curriculum for the program. It is self-paced and again, you have lifetime access, which means you will have access to it even after our 12 weeks of working together. And lastly, you get Voxer access. So Voxer coaching or Voxer access, Voxer is a free messaging app. Um, which we will get to use throughout our 12 weeks together. You can use Voxer to get coached, to share news, to express any frustration, to uh, share any wins, etc. This is really a safe space in between each of our calls for you to share or to ask any questions. And if you apply before October 1st, here are the bonuses that you will receive. So Bonus number one is a pay-in-full bonus. So it's exactly what it sounds like. A pay-in-full bonus is when you pay in full, you get an extra month of coaching for free. So that means instead of 12 weeks and three months, you get 16 weeks, four months for no additional cost. 
And bonus number two is a 60-minute planning session. This is in addition to the calls that you get with um, signing up with this coaching package. So planning session is really exactly what it sounds like. It is uh, working a session working together to help you plan and feel a little less stressed and a little less overwhelmed because I know how stressful it can be to get everything done in your day during contracted hours. I truly know that you will thrive this year. So if you want that extra support, if you want to stop feeling that stress and overwhelm, and you want to be able to feel confident in yourself and in your abilities, I really suggest grabbing these bonuses while you can before they expire on October 1st and diving right into one-on-one coaching. We can start as soon as October 2nd. So really, within the next week, you can sign up and you can start inside of one-on-one coaching. All right, let's dive in to today's podcast episode. Hey there, Adva here. I am so excited to welcome you to the Shaping Little Minds podcast, where we help support and mentor early childhood teachers inside the classroom. This is a place where we dive into classroom management, growth mindset, professional learning, and so much more. I'm an early childhood teacher who saw a huge gap in how early childhood educators were supported inside the classroom. I created this platform in order to help teachers feel more confident, supported, and develop a sense of trust in their teaching. Let's make teaching exciting again. So today I have an incredible guest. She's been on the podcast before. She is an early childhood educator. She is a podcaster. She is also a speaker. She is just incredible and a course creator um, to add to that. Her name is Carla. She is going to be talking to us today about raising our voices as early childhood educators, how important it is for us to raise our voices, and how you can do exactly that, how you as the early childhood educator can raise your voice. Please help me welcome Carla to the podcast. Welcome to the Shaping Little Minds podcast. I am so excited to have you back. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for us to talk today about a topic that I am so passionate about, and that is raising our voices as early childhood educators. Yes, and it's an important topic, actually. I've actually never spoken about this on my podcast, so this is cool. This is really fun. Um, But before we do that, can you introduce yourself, tell us who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So my name is Carla Ward. I am the owner and founder of Early Learning Foundations, which is an education company here in Ontario, Canada. And I'm the host of the Everything EC podcast. I have been in EC for 18 years. I had done every role except for infants just because babies scare me. And I think (laughs) anybody who works with infants is absolutely amazing. Um, So EC is my life. Like that is, I live and breathe early childhood education. And I'm just so excited to talk about education with you. Awesome. Amazing. Also, early childhood is the best. Um, Just saying. Um, What does it mean to raise your voice as an early childhood educator? Because I feel like we don't talk about this a lot. Like everybody wants to know what's happening in the classroom and how to work life balance, but we don't really talk about how we can raise our voices as early childhood educators? That's such a great question. And I'm sure it comes as no surprise that I am an extrovert. 
Uh, so I'm certainly not afraid of talking, especially as I have a podcast, but something that people need to understand is a couple of things. Number one, raising your voice doesn't mean being the loudest, Mm -hmm. but it does mean being the proudest and talking about what you do. Early childhood educators have such a unique job. And even today I found myself defending what we do and there's nothing I hate slash love more than defending what we do because we absolutely shouldn't be defending it. There is so much data out there about how ages zero to six are so crucial to a child's future success. There we go. Right? Got it out. But even with that data, I still find myself defending. And we aren't just working with one type of client. You know, we're not working in a retail store uh, selling women's shirts where we are only serving people who want to wear those shirts right? We're Mm -hmm. not working in a sneaker store where only people who want to wear sneakers are shopping. We work with such a diverse group of people. We are servicing um, the families. We are working with the children. If you are a supervisor or even a classroom teacher, you have to work with your coworkers. You cannot survive this industry without your professional friendships and getting along with your coworkers. It's not possible. You have to have your support system, right? Mm -hmm. So having a voice means not complaining because I think that's where it gets lost sometimes is people complain about what we do because what we do is freaking exhausting. Yep. But saying, hey, today I, X, Y, Z, I got to watch a child work through conflict resolution. And I know that might not sound like something to you as an adult, but three days ago, this kid pummeled somebody and today he used his words. That is a huge accomplishment that I think people take for granted because we're doing all the behind the scenes work. Yep. Right. So using your ver- your voice is, you know, having an Instagram account and sharing what you do, not with children's pictures. I always say like, try have your own education account where you're sharing what you do on a day to day. What does your planning look like? What does your balance look like? Really, balance doesn't look the same for an early childhood educator as it does for people in other careers, because we don't work nine to five. We don't switch our brains off at five o'clock, even if we do leave. Right. Mm -hmm. So raising our voices means sharing what we do outside of our profession, because people don't have a clue what we do. So that's Mm -hmm. my opinion on raising voices. I love that. I think it is super important. And I, I actually have to um, agree. I see a lot of teachers posting with children and I don't, it honestly makes me uncomfortable. Um, and I think you can show what you do and make it, you know, raise your voice, but without showing the kids that you're working with. That's just my own. I opinion. agree. If it's your classroom account and parents are following that account, then it's great. But something that I realized as I progressed through my career and I do a lot more speaking engagements and I want to use pictures of things that happen in my program, I'm not in contact with those families anymore. I'm not comfortable using their child's pictures, right? Because I'm talking on stages. I'm presenting where people might be taking a snapshot of my screen, right? I don't want to be putting a child ever in a position where somebody could have access to their photo without their permission. So making sure that we are documenting our journey as educators. So yes, take pictures of the children doing their thing, but try to keep that off social media because that's the child's journey. 
put your journey as an educator on social media, on a podcast, on a Facebook page, in a book, in a journal, but document your journey because that's part of raising your voice. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm thinking of a, a new uh, another question that kind of goes along with what we're talking about, which is what. So I guess it is a question that I asked, but it's later. My my thing for me when I started my journey of talking about the early childhood classroom, I was really um, afraid of what other people would say. And I feel like that's like an imposter syndrome and it is in my, in my list of questions. So we're going to, we're going to go to that one because I feel like a lot of times we want to talk about our experiences in the classroom and what we're dealing with, but imposter syndrome gets the best of us. So can you like talk about how a teacher can raise their voice, hopefully with like confidence and move through that imposter syndrome? Absolutely. And it doesn't matter how long you've been an educator, that imposter syndrome still comes up because The second somebody questions you, if they are the right slash wrong person questioning you, it can really do a number on your mental health sometimes. Mm -hmm. So one, checking your own mental health. If you do not have the capacity to entertain a question, that's okay. Walk away and come back to it. But in terms of talking about what you do, stick with the facts, right? So play is a perfect example, right? I mean, how many times are educators questioned about play in a program? And know your data, right? So Mm -hmm. research, get excited about it. Being excited about something is contagious. So when I wanted to promote block play in my program, I had to ask for money for blocks from people who were not educators on my board of directors who did not understand that we were shifting to a play-based program after 30 years of the center doing something else. Mm. I had to know my stuff. I had to show up and say, I want to increase our block play because there is data. And I presented the data saying that when children play with blocks in preschool, there is actually data that shows that they are more successful at math in high school. You know, block play will increase, you know, cognitive skills, social skills. It will improve our conflict resolution skills. This is why you need it. And then when you're presenting it, you get excited, not just, I need blocks. Right. Right. If you need blocks, you're going to need to sell it. Right. And again, I hate that we have to do that in our program, but that is the reality of what we do because people don't understand it. So new teacher If anything, newer teachers actually have more data backing them up because they're fresh out of school. So they've got the most updated data. So share that information with your team. Share that information with your supervisor. Send it in the email. That's always a great thing to do. I love to send parents with like information about their children, what we're doing in the program, but also, hey, did you know that your child playing with blocks or playing with mud or playing with... um, Plato does X, Y, Z. Here's an article to support that. So again, we all got into this field because we want to work with children. What they don't really tell you is that, yeah, okay, you work with children, but you also really have to know how to work with those adults, Mm -hmm. right? So, and that is a big piece that we just don't get told. And then all of a sudden we're face to face with a parent who doesn't believe in what we're doing. Yep. 
So I think I answered your question there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, stick to the facts, like stick to the data that you already have while sharing is the perfect way to hopefully navigate that sense of imposter syndrome. Exactly. And using words like I see, like, so again, data just doesn't have to be other people's data. It can be, I choose to, I'm a Reggio inspired teacher because I've seen X, Y, Z, or I've noticed that when we do this, this happens. If you are brand brand new, stick with that solid data. But as you progress over the years, you're going to have your own data collected and nobody can dispute what you've seen as an educator. It's true. It's true. And that goes along with my next question, which is how does raising your voice and really speaking out um, in terms of what you're doing, how does that um, impact the work that you're doing? Yes. So I can answer that on an individual scale and then on a bigger scale and just the impact that it makes on early child education as a whole. So individually, when you raise your voice, you're going to love your job more because you're going to get, you're going to be passionate because you're not going to let those naysayers or the people that don't believe in what you do. And I'm not even talking about outsiders. I'm sometimes talking about people in your programs, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes the people that you work closest with are the people that believe in what you do the least. And I'm not talking about education. I'm talking about like play-based or, you know, letting children go up the slide or getting their fingers dirty. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so raising your voice and joining communities, and it doesn't have to be communities that necessarily have the same views as you, because it's always good to have conversations and it, because it deepens your belief in what you believe in. So join Facebook groups, contribute to those Facebook groups, start a podcast. Honestly, that has been one of the best things I have ever done as an individual for raising my voice. I started the podcast because mm. I wanted to help other educators. But through starting that podcast, I have become more ambitious in my willingness and wanting to raise the voices of early childhood educators because there are so many incredible industries um, beyond early childhood trying to help us. I just did a podcast interview where a state in the US provides housing for their educators. I would love to see that brought to Toronto here. And how do we do that? Right. So when you raise your voice, you meet other people that are raising their voices in our profession. And then you start working together and it just, it takes us to that next level, which is so key, which leads to the bigger picture of how raising your individual voice benefits early childhood education as a whole, because other people are going to hear you. Other people are going to know, Hey, I should be proud of what I do. You should be very, very proud to be an early childhood educator. And then they're going to join. So now there's two of you being loud. And then there's three. So the trickle effect of raising that voice is exponential. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I um, I also started a podcast. As you know, we're recording for it. Um, that is brand new information. <laughs> I had no idea the reach that my podcast had. But then I talk to other educators who have been in rooms where they're talking about my podcast and they have no idea that my friends are there, but they're there and they're talking about the Shaping Little Minds podcast. Who knew? Um, one of the so coolest that just shows. things. Yeah, that, it, that is one of the coolest things is when you hear people quoting you back. 
and they don't know it's you or they haven't made that connection. And also like, this is one of the coolest things that's come out of my podcast. Um, and it will benefit our industry is I applied on a whim to come to the U S to do a speaking engagement. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this job. Like they're not going to fly a Canadian to the U S just so happens that they're podcast listeners. And so I'm going to be going to the U S and I'm so excited because I'm going to be talking about funny enough math and block play. And (laughs) I absolutely, I'm so passionate about it. And so that's the other piece, right? Podcasting and raising your voice. The more you do it, the more passionate you become, you fall in love with your, your profession all over again, because you're not doing it for other people. Yes. We serve the children hundred percent. But now you're fulfilling yourself because the more you raise your voice, the more you realize it's fulfilling you and the more you just keep falling in love with your job. Yeah. Speaking of podcasts, um, you have a podcast course to help educators raise their voice. Could you talk a little bit about that? Oh, Absolutely. So ECE Podcast Academy is a course designed specifically for early childhood educators to start their own podcast from start to finish. So actually, funny enough, doors open at mid-October and it's only open. um, That's the last time it's open in 2023. And the goal is for all those people in 2023 that were like, I'm going to start a podcast and they haven't done it yet. If they join ECE Podcast Academy before doors close, they'll have a podcast by the time 2024 rolls around. So Mm. it's a way to start like everything from the equipment to literally hitting record. One of the modules is about, okay, it's time for you to hit record and record your podcast. Another module is let's get you on Instagram. Let's get you on social media. Let's let people know that you have a podcast and let's get your voice out there. But... Mm -hmm. Before the doors even open, because not everybody is ready to jump into a course, because let's face it, life is crazy right now. Yeah, I am hosting a free masterclass for people who just want to dip their toes in podcasting, just kind of get a feel for it, want to know if it's the right fit for them. And that is actually opening right now. Uh, the doors to the masterclass are open right now. And it's the first week, second week of October. And they can check it out at elfoundations.com slash podcast masterclass. And we're going to go through the six key decisions you need to make before you even hit record. Guys, you need to get on this. If you are looking to raise your voice and to make that difference in early childhood and make that impact, a podcast can be a fantastic way to do it. And you can learn literally everything with Carla everything. Thank you. And Um, it's a great, it's just a great thing to start doing. Um, Podcasting is still, it's still fairly new. Like it's become a huge industry, but it is not nearly as saturated as YouTube. YouTube has like, it's so easy to get lost on YouTube, whereas podcasting, especially early childhood podcasts, it's still easy to get into that market and be heard and have your voice raised. And everybody's got such unique perspectives Like, don't think, you know, okay, Carla's got a podcast. Adva's got a podcast. I don't need to make one. Well, Adva and I both have a podcast. Our podcasts are both very successful, 
but we have different topics. We have different guests. And so everybody has something unique to bring to the table. So I don't ever want anyone to shy away from starting a podcast because they think there's already one out there. Yeah. And it's funny because we both had the podcast before we actually met. And now we, um, you know, we support each other's podcasts and we have each other on the podcast. So it's like, it's a really great way also to network um, and a great way to meet other people in the profession who may have the same views as you do in early childhood or may not. And you have a conversation about that and see where your differences lay, lie. Um, <laughs> so this is really like, I feel like this is really good. Like it's really good to have a place, a platform where you can really talk about what you're doing in your classroom or as a supervisor. I feel like um, podcasts have more reach than you would ever imagine. As I said before, like I'm always surprised when people are talking about my podcast because I don't think much of it. Like I'm like, all right, we'll see what happens. But like, I also know that like my roommate has gone to different functions and has heard my podcast being named a few times from different teachers. So you just That's never so know cool. and you never know who it can reach and how much of a difference it can make in a person's life. So the other questions were actually answered throughout this whole thing, which is pretty impressive. Um, so I think, first of all, remember that the resource you can go to with Carla is going to her webinar, which is happening in the next few weeks. And then from there, getting your voice heard by starting a podcast. Um, if you ever questioned whether or not to start a podcast, just listen to this podcast episode. You'll figure it out. There you go. Um, and so my last question is, if teachers want to get more information, whether it's on the webinar, on the podcast course, or just about raising their voices as early childhood educators, where can they connect with you? I would say Instagram. Instagram is the best place to find me. It's also the platform, unfortunately, I spend the most of my time on because I love it. So mm -hmm. EL foundations is perf one so that's my website that's my instagram e is an elephant l is in lion or i guess e is an early l is in learning f is in foundation <laughs> so el foundations is the best place to find me on instagram and i really hope to see you there because i would love to see more ecs taking over the podcasting world yeah, super important well thank you so much for giving my audience the best information about raising their voices and the importance of it. Thank you. How amazing was that? I always love having Carla on the podcast because we just get into conversation and it just kind of flows really easily. Um, but I'm going to remind you that Carla has a masterclass coming up in the next several weeks. She has a podcast course that's launching soon. Um, and it's an incredible place to really start to understand how to start your podcast, how to record your podcast, how to get on social media and raise your voice. So definitely check those out. I will put the links, all of those links in the description below. I will also put Carla's Instagram handle in the description below so that you can reach out to her at any time and ask her any questions that you might have. As always, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you could share this episode with your teacher friends, leave a review, or just share the episode on Instagram and tag me. My handle is at Shaping Little Minds Podcast. I absolutely love to connect with you. 
Keep learning, growing, and becoming your best teacher self. I am so proud of you. See you next time, teachers.